0: Hey, I'm Brian Hyatt from Rolling Stone, and this is Rolling Stone Music Now. Uh, I have with me Andy Green from Rolling Stone. Well, hi there, Brian. How you doing? I am pretty good. Um, so we are going to do a couple things today. We're going to play some audio from my recent interview with Alicia Keys to start, and then we're going to talk about some current music-related events. But, you know, Alicia Keys has an album. Have you listened to this album yet here? No. (laughs) You should listen to this album, Andy Green. It is actually really good. And uh, it's probably one of her strongest albums in a long time. Uh, Alicia Keys' new album is called Here. And it's, it's kind of a rootsy, risky, politically charged album. And I had a nice conversation with her about it. One of the things that struck me about the album and that she talked about is how it's very tied together with sort of skits and thematic links. And it all kind of functions as a piece. And I started out asking her what albums inspired that particular approach so here's what she had to say
1: I mean I would say albums like you know to me the way Wu-Tang did their album mm, yeah was a, was a big inspiration you know there was like those very thematic kind of things that just played itself played through the records and that was just consistent almost like with their whole career and um,
2: I, I would even say
1: it's different but I would I would say Illmatic no, just, Illmatic just yeah. because There was such a there was such a quality of um, a unified thought when you listen to Illmatic. Like it's so specifically a moment in time.
3: For sure,
1: it's almost like one
3: long song, or something. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it just all go. It belongs together. It's meant to be together. So, so I would say that. I would say. I would say what's going on. um, Yeah. Also, you know, in the way that that was just always just this epic adventure that you just sonically got to really go places you just didn't know where you were headed. <laughs> I love that so much. So that I would say those three.
3: And then, you know, since you do feel that this is such a breakthrough for you, and it does sound like that to me based on what I heard, I mean, what, what was the kind of key to unlock the place where you could get to this breakthrough, you know what I mean, where, where you could get to this new place?
1: Oh my gosh! I feel like the key to unlock it is so many things, um, like time, you know, just time and wisdom and learning and becoming clearer about myself, who I am, who I want to be, mm. you know, who what I what I what I feel, what I refuse, what I love, what I like, dispute, <laughs> what I despise. All of that, just becoming much more familiar with the inner workings of myself, I think, which has also led me to become much more familiar and and, and clearly understand the workings of the world, like who we are, who we are in the world, which has like also been a really interesting thing because that's the thing, I mean, we, we're all experiencing a different piece of the whole spectrum, I guess, in a way, or a different perspective of the whole spectrum. And some of us are have similar perspectives and some of us have totally different experiences. And and so I think that's, you know, that's the reason why I called the album Here is because that's just was such a layered word to me. Mm. It's like where I am, I am here. Where we are, we are here. Like where you are, you are here. Like we are all here. That's where we all are. And we're kind of like meeting wherever we are here in this place that we are right now and the ability to be able to actually look at myself in the mirror and just say like, wow, there you are. You're right here. And no judgment, no nothing. It's just like, it is what it is. That's, that's where you are. And then be able to look at the world and look, be able to, you look at you, look at, you know, my, my friends, look at my family Mm. and be able to just kind of, um, Talk about that and make that kind of a conversation and a dialogue and, and a, and a, something we can communicate about because we, we might not all see it the same, but we all are feeling it in some capacity. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty ill. Um,
2: mm.
1: it's pretty ill. So that, that, I think all of that kind of has led to this unleashing, this, um, uncovering this, um, more vulnerable, vulnerable place, the willingness the strength to be vulnerable, like, and I think that also just comes with maturity too, you know, that just comes with some time to like realize the truth about stuff. Hmm. So that you, at least my truth, you know, my truth. <laughs> I gotta start
2: there.
3: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Holy, Holy War, when listening to that, that's a great song, and it was, uh, you know, it, you, you debuted it in such a cool way just rocking it a cappella to be amazing it's incredible but uh, thank you when when i hear you know singing about walls and building walls and breaking walls i mean how much were you consciously thinking of of, of trump uh, and and it, you know coming up against that idea of building a like forget building the wall let's break down the walls how much was that a conscious kind of thing in that context
1: i mean it's all it's all just what we're feeling You know, it's all just what we're experiencing. So we're all living in this place and we're all hearing this rhetoric and we're all, like, feeling, um, feeling what that means um, literally, what that means metaphorically, you know, what we're experiencing by just being alive and living um, in so many different ways. Like, there's, there's obvious, there's obvious walls, you know, that are that are in front of us, around us, wanting to be built, <laughs> yeah. and and so I think that it just, you can't help it but feel it, and and it's like this conscious choice in a way that are we going to choose to keep doing that? Is that what we're going to choose to keep doing? Because I don't see it working. It's not working, or are we going to try this whole other thing, And and I think that I think that I love that song so much because I actually wrote it with um, this guy named Billy Walsh and um, and Elangelo, who I did also in common with.
2: Mm.
1: But I wrote this song, and Billy Walsh is a he's a poet. And, I, and at the beginning of the record, we kind of threw out a bunch of different thoughts and, and things that we knew you, I wanted to talk about, and that was important to me, and just what's happening around us. And one of the things that came up though out of nowhere was like, what if I wrote with a poet? I thought that was just the illest idea because it would just kind of like allow the way that I process lyrics and process words to be then complimented by another person who likely processes them in a whole other different state and way. And so this just happened. I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't seek out Billy, you know, he, 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 he found me and I believe that those things happen once you say them, like you're calling to them anyway. So I know it. I put it in the air for sure but um, when it did happen and when we wrote Holy War it was just so ill and the conversation which by the way the album the conversations around this album which we were fortunate to be able to catch some of them which are just so sick it's so incredible to hear different people talk about their experience it's like the most fascinating thing that maybe can happen you mm. know and if you can actually share shut up long enough to listen, <laughs> which is most of our problems, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Don't, there's so much to take in, and you really start to learn so much about people. And so this um this particular conversation that we were having, which circled around this idea of like, you know, if war, if war is holy and sex is obscene, and we got it twisted, and it's just so crazy how we try to hide so many beautiful things, or sensualities that we experience, or we look at. You know, we get so afraid to talk to our kids about sex, or you know, we we, we want to hide all of our body parts and cover them up, and don't let anybody see the beauty of like, you know, these such beautiful things like like love and love making and things like that. But yet, we're, 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 we're please give a hundred kids a hundred video games of hmm. you know a hundred Call of Duties, and it's all good. Yeah. So you can play Call Call of Duty all day and all night, and that's like no problem, you know? It's like very confusing and twisted and interesting. And so that, um, you know, so anyway, that kind of dialogue is, is what spawned on this whole song and this, this idea of these walls, which definitely need to be broken down.
3: Mm, or not built, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, not built at all. Yeah. But, but because they do exist, and we have to acknowledge they exist, I think, to break it, You know, I think that's another problem a little bit is like we we do such a ridiculous job. I don't know how to where or how I guess this is just from the beginning of time. But we we do such a ridiculous job of pretending like things never happened Mm. or are not happening. Yeah. We're like living in a perpetual state of denial. It's weird. Yeah. You know, So I think that's like we have to acknowledge that they're there so we can break them down.
3: Um, blended Family, I mean, it's got to be one of the most personal songs you've ever written. Uh, you know, and, and it, I thought it was very moving, and, and it uh, it also digs into, you know, sensitive stuff in your life. What, what was the motivation of, of putting that out into the world? Yeah,
1: man. I mean, Blended Family is such an incredible, oh, again, you know, again, just sitting down and talking to people and listening to their stories and sharing my own story as well. It's such an it's so powerful it's crazy powerful because the world is such an in in it's such an incredibly diverse place, and I think that's what that that's one thing that's so incredible to witness and see is just what the modern day family looks like yeah, and the modern day family is so. It's, it's so varied and it's so rich and it's so complex and beautiful and interesting and, and, and to be able to kind of acknowledge the fact that, um, there is these, there's so many, there's so many, a family doesn't have to be any specific way. It can be so many different ways and, and, there's it's been really cool because when you see the visual for blended family, I think you're gonna like you're gonna go nuts it's, <laughs> it's crazy, but see, seeing uh seeing talking to kids and and asking as a kid what a family is
2: mm.
1: and and i and i asked I asked some kids what a family is, and they were like, a family is people that love each other and stick together no matter what mm and I was like, yo, they're so on it.
2: This is like a five year old.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, this is like right, right. A five year old. And so, you know, with, with my family and with, with my beautiful blended family, it's been such a, such a, such an honor and a privilege to be able to be an example of the fact that, you know, people who love each other and love the children that we're all able to raise together. You know, that we're able to absolutely choose to uplift each other. You know what I mean? And we're, and we're able to choose that we want this to be a positive experience for us. You know what I mean? And, and we, and we are blessed that we have so many incredible experiences to teach our kids and teach them together. You know what I mean? Right. Or beautiful families that I know that are, that are like, you know, two moms or two dads, you know what I mean? It's like, it's it's all these gorgeous families that that, you know, raise incredible children. And what our children are going to be is our children are going to be tolerant, you know? Our children are going to be more open-minded. They're going to be more aware of the fact that things are, there is no specified way that things go, you know what I mean? And that love leads everything right if you lead with love you won you won
3: <laughs> i hope so I, i'm sure that's true um and uh it is yeah <laughs> uh and and uh kill your mama is awesome it reminds me it's like a cross between like what's going on and maybe like lauren hill unplugged or something i just loved it uh, the, the uh, <laughs> uh but uh trying to play god fucking with genetics what were we talking about there
1: Come on, everything. Yeah, you're a good listener. I like that. <laughs> I mean, but we're t- but like that's what we're doing. I mean, we're like we're like up in there re-engineering all types of things. And look, science is amazing. I feel like scientists are rock stars. I've I've recently, you know, come into contact with a few different scientists that I've met, and they're like the things that they're working on and the things that they can they can even think of. To begin to break down to then create, you know, is unreal to me. When I learn things like that, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the most intelligent, smart people I've ever met. And then money gets in the way, and then all of a sudden, something that was so brilliant gets destroyed by greed and can become very dangerous, you know. But like the, the but the point is, is that I think that Kill Your Mama is really most importantly about.
3: Mother Earth, I guess. World. Right? No?
1: Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. It's about it's about how we how we how we treat and respect and care about Mother Earth. And when I wrote it I wrote it with Emily Sandy and she was like so she's such an ill amazing writer and, and artist. So dope. And um and when we came in that day she was like, you know what, I've really been wanting to write kind of almost like, you know, something that is based almost on a lot of these kind of native, beautiful um, beautiful songs, you know, that really do talk more about, you know, it, the times when we worshipped the trees and the sun and the wind and, you know, the ground. And, like, you know, there was, like, a real true respect of mm. the balance that has to be created in in, in the earth on the, in the world for it to for it to thrive. And so we kind of started there, and we started like kind of making these metaphors, and 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 then also just unleashing the the way that we're feeling, which has a lot of kind of angst and urgency to it. So we smushed all that together, and I feel like that. What I love the most about that song is almost like a, it's almost like blues folk like. Something. I don't know what yeah.
2: what
1: it is, but it just, it feels, I love the way that all of those styles are colliding on that
3: song. Mm. Uh, I mean, overall, you, it's it's, a, it's it seems like it's probably the most political album you've ever made. And I, I know that going back to, like, 2001, your first Rolling Stone cover story, you're talking about reading, you know, books about the Black Panthers and stuff. So you've been on this stuff yeah. since the beginning, but... You maybe weren't always comfortable expressing it in song. So, what what changed there?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I just, you know, you're right. You're totally right. And, and I've always been a bit of a, you know, um, I've always been very outspoken. And I've always felt really strongly about kind of things that were going on around us socially and politically. And I've always been very inspired by those artists. Who did that, you know? And and those Curtis Mayfields and Nina Simone and and Marvin Gaye's and those people who really, really just, you know, and, and Bob Dylan and John Lennon, and just the Bob Marley's, the people who just totally took on somehow in this most beautifully human way, just the 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 Stevie Wonder, you know, the, mm. the Donnie Hathaway, the things that are going on around us. You know, in a way that I feel like, you know, I don't know if it's, I guess, you know, that's just always been really incredible to me, and it's been very inspiring to me. And I didn't quite know how to do that in the beginning. It's it's, it's not as hard as I realize now, but I just, in the beginning, I didn't understand how to put that into words exactly. Mm. Or I just didn't have the access, maybe, to the emotion or... You know, access to the confidence or the strength or the clarity or the ballsiness or whatever it takes to just like be the clarity, maybe.
0: Yeah.
2: All
1: of those things combined.
2: War is holy.
0: We'll be back in a couple minutes with more from Alicia Keys.
2: We've got it twisted in this lucid dream.
0: We're going to play some more from my conversation with Alicia Keys. It is believe it or not the 15th anniversary of her debut uh, Songs in A Minor and I asked her what she hears when she listens to that album now 15 years later. Here's what she had to say.
1: I just have like such nostalgia and such good feelings actually. I remember a really specific time in my life and I remember a very specific mentality and 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 and, and it's just like everything pure, and and everything before I really understood anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I mean, I understood it really, I understood anything in the maybe in the music business or stuff like that. You know what I mean? I understood things about life and living, but but I really uh, just remember this 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 girl who's a lot like the, the woman I am now. You know, which yeah. is also really cool to me. I recognize myself. It's not like I don't know who that person is. I totally know that person, and I, I know the heart that, that that young girl has, and because I still have that same heart, mm. full of love and, like, full of compassion and full of just yearning to, to find myself in my way and, you know, me. So... I recognize, I recognize that. I, I recognize all the parts that are rough around the edges, and all the parts that are like not, uh, you know, not not well oiled. Mm. <laughs> um, and I love that. I love that. And in fact, in a lot of ways, this this album now, I feel like I, I've actually come back.
2: Yeah, I can to see that. That
1: place. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I actually am really really proud of that because I think that there was so much of the best of me in that place just because it was almost before, you know, before, it's almost, the only way I can think of describing it is almost before you get into your head.
2: Mm-hmm. And you're
1: just like exactly who you are and how you are and you really don't care to please anybody about <laughs> it. You're just like, this is me. Yeah. And then somewhere along the way, you kind of get into your head about it. Yeah. And and so I feel like I'm, I'm out of my head again and back in my heart.
3: What advice would you give the young Alicia Keys now if you could? Not that you're not young anymore, by the way. (laughs) But younger.
1: No, no, yeah, I'm super young because I started really young. Yeah, yeah. um, But what would I give? Yeah, what advice would I give my younger self? Um, You know, I mean, I I, I teeter totter on that because, in in a way, like, man, what a freaking awesome person I am now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And, And I
1: know that that is because of all the things that I experienced and all the different parts of it all, you know. So I kind of feel like I wouldn't want to have done anything different because it's led me to such a good place. But I think if I was to give myself, my younger self some advice I think I pro- I think I would have encouraged myself to really learn how to hear my own voice a bit earlier.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that, I mean, you know, there's no time limit on anything. We, we're learning stuff every day. So, you know, there's no such thing as like you, you learned it late or you did something late or whatever. But it does feel like it took me kind of a bit, a while to really finally get back to hearing clearly, you know, my, my, myself, my inner voice, my, my truth. And maybe that's just because I just finally have ever heard it now. You know, I'm not sure if I if I heard it before to some degree, um, just by the nature of how things go, and then got away from it, or if I'm only ever hearing it right now at this point. But I would have encouraged myself to kind of do some work in that area and like be willing to sit kind of quietly with my with yourself to listen to let the the, the truth in yourself and not spend so much time kind of convincing yourself what you think is the right thing to do or spend so much time asking everyone else what you think is the right thing to do and really learning how to discern, you know, what is right because it's right for you. And I think that just takes kind of quiet and, and space and, you know, I think we, we get really used to asking people their opinion. We get really used to hearing people's opinions actually, yes. too, especially now, especially in this like ridiculously digital social world. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? So I think that I think that gets really distracting. And so I, I, I probably would have told myself that um, to the younger Alicia, and I would I've also told my my younger self just to like. I think I also would have told myself to like. I don't know if it's that I needed to write things down more
2: mm-hmm.
1: or something but i would have really there's a lot of things i don't feel like i remember mm. all the way in the in the sense of different moments that 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 like i would have liked to write write down the first moment i met chris you know yeah. what i mean like write that down <laughs> cuz i guess in that in that moment you feel like you'll never forget it you're like how could i ever
2: forget <laughs> it? like
1: no way and then there's, like, the nuances of it that you do kind of forget. And I would have liked to, like, be able to go back and be like, man, it's the first time I met Prince right here. <laughs> so stuff like that, I think, simple stuff like that.
3: Speaking of people's opinions, you, I mean, do you think that the, the no makeup thing has possibly gotten too much attention? As as, as much of the, despite how positive it's been for you, is it, is it possible that people are overly focused on it? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, it's definitely intriguing to witness how much certain things, what things do get attention. Yeah. That's really, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty intriguing and interesting. And I think that it's so interesting that something like, you know, I said this the other day, like something that, something like the, the press would be more interested in the fact that I'm not wearing makeup than the fact that 65 million girls don't have access to education. Right. Like that would be, that's a bigger story than the stories that are actually really important. You know what I mean? And, and, and so, or or not, you know, all things are important to some degree, but that would really benefit with having that level of attention on it. Um, But I do think that what's interesting about the whole thing really is just a Like this, insane kind of obsession and standard that women are held to to be perfect. You Mm. know what I mean? And and I think that it's really it's it's pretty it's pretty intense. And I think it creates a really insecure kind of world. And you know, I can speak for myself that I've I've felt that way many times. You know what I mean? And so I think that. Those are the those are the that's kind of what's so interesting about it all. But I think that the I think that the, the most important thing, um, about everything is that, you know, I think that women are so incredible. Like we're so freaking magnificent, like all encompassing powerful beings. And I just think that it's so beautiful that we can express ourselves in any way we want, and that we sh- we should absolutely do whatever feels good for our body, our faces, our life, yeah. whatever feels empowering as a woman is what a woman should do. And that's the the most important message that you know I, I wanna I wanna speak on, and that, and that I want. That's I, I don't want to depend on anyone else's definition of beauty.
0: That was me talking with Alicia Keys, and we'll be back with more. So imagine this: you're uh, Vice President-elect uh, Mike Pence, and you know you're just you want to go out for the night. You've all been cooped up in Trump Tower making important decisions all day telling Trump what to do and uh, you're like hey I heard this Hamilton it's about history or something they sing I don't know I should go see that uh, and you go and you bring your, your beautiful wife and you're there and they start rapping you're probably a little surprised by that you never heard rapping before you think about walking out as soon as they start rapping um, but then you stay and you kind of enjoy it uh, you decide it's actually about you know personal initiative and it has a good conservative message and maybe you're you're a little moved. And you know you convince yourself that everyone on stage is straight, and they're all you know they're all <laughs> that you decide that there's no way that you know you're you're totally cool with it. You're really enjoying yourself, and then man, you're ready to leave, and all of a sudden this dude on stage is like, "Hey, we're terrified of you."
4: That must be very upsetting, right, Andy? I'm sure it was, but he dealt with it well because he was walking out at, at the time. He was trying to beat the crowd, and well, he did stop and listen to I, it, right? The
0: report was, and I cannot confirm this, there was right. a report that the reason he was leaving early was because he was afraid they were going to make a speech about AIDS. Okay. Um, and he did not want to hear that because he has some interesting views on that subject. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, you know, so he's leaving already for what might be not the greatest reason. And yeah. also, by the way, it is it is considered very rude if you're a guest of note to yeah. leave during curtain call, yeah, that's that, that, that's extremely rude. Um, and <laughs> so he already he was already committing an act of rudeness. But so anyway, so he's sitting there, and uh, Brandon Victor Dixon, who's currently playing uh, Burr, I, I saw an earlier version of the show with the original cast. So I, I don't Ooh. know about it. yeah, you know, I'm fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so this is what he had to say to Mike Pence, and he was like. Um, <laughs> He's like, I see you leaving. Could you just wait a second? I want to say something. Uh, and then he said, uh, we, sir, we are the diverse America who are alarmed and anxious that your new administration will not protect us, our planet, our children, our parents, or defend us and uphold our in- in- inalienable rights, sir. Inalien- inalienable rights right. is actually really hard to say. It is. They should have thought about that before they, they wrote the comment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we truly hope that this show has inspired you to uphold our American values and to work on behalf of all of us. I mean, that's not rude. I mean, in my yeah. opinion, I mean that—that that is, they're the guys in front of them, and you know, to be yeah. clear, um, Lynn Manuel Miranda and other people. This was a planned, written-out statement that the creator of the show decided should be delivered, mm-hmm. um, and it was said in a tone of "We hope that this show has inspired you." Yeah. Um, but Donald Trump, our president-elect, uh, is was <laughs> extremely upset about this. Uh, and then joined the hipster backlash against Hamilton by by saying it's overrated. He heard it's overrated, which <laughs> means he's obviously following some of the same douches from my Twitter feed who who have decided it's overrated and say it's rappity rap and, and yeah. like and say because it doesn't sound like Young Thug, it's no good. Um, so I think that's his. I think mainly he wishes it was more like up to date hip hop, like kind of auto tuned yeah, Young course. Thug yeah, hip hop. That, that's modern. that's his. I think that's his take, really. Yeah. But I mean, and then the other thing that happened, uh, and this. It's caused a rift and this is really the national crisis that we have yeah. right now. It's caused a rift in the East Street Band, Andy. Oh, a yeah. rift in the East Street Band. What what happened here?
4: Steve Van Zant was shockingly horrified by this, said that it's very wrong to single out a certain person in the audience at a show and lecture them. That that's that's no place to be doing that. Whereas like Nose Lofgren was guitar he,
0: the other guitarist yes. Ben yeah
4: he was all on board he thought it was a great idea and it's crazy to be critical and of then
0: it. i don't know if you saw this yeah but like the same week Bruce Springsteen and Patti Scialfa went to see Hamilton, yeah. and Patty <laughs> posts a picture of, of Bruce and her in front of the Hamilton you know, billboard uh-huh. and says, hashtag free speech or whatever. So she and Bruce are, are taking the opposite side against Steve.
4: So this, is, this truly it's, is a national crisis. It's a very rare split when the East Street Band is torn. It's, it's a, torn the country in it's, half, it's torn the East Street Band in it's half. It's a
0: schism in the East but, Street Band. I, I don't know how we go on from this.
4: Just stand back for a second and imagine if Pence saw the moment walked on the stage and gave a speech at the end and was like, I hear you, we are going to govern all Americans the same way. This, you know, it- he grabs the mic and he's like, I'm not going to throw away yeah. my shot. He's just like, he just well,
0: like kills it. If he, he didn't do riding. that, yeah, but yeah, yeah.
4: He, he, it would have been a great moment for, for his career and politics if he'd walked on and said something.
0: He's like, "Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm old, angry, and Christian. like, like just yeah, basically. Like, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Or told... Or talked about gay conversion therapy and yeah. how important that is <laughs> and how all gays in the country should get forcibly like, converted. He steps on know? the stage and he's
0: like, he's like, I can help you people. Yeah. All
4: you need is electroshock you therapy. You need boot camp y- for yeah. a month, then you will no longer Listen, be gay. Listen, it will be
0: very unpleasant for a while, yes. but then you can go to heaven. Yes. Like, y- yes. I don't think
4: that would have gone over
0: well, Andy. No. I don't think that would I have I think happened. that
4: would have been a bad message. But, I do think Steve is not insane to play devil's advocate here. Okay. I do not like Pence. I think his views are detestable. Okay. I do think, A, I don't see what they accomplished, really. I doubt Pence listened to their speech and was like, you know what? I think I should be more (laughs) supportive of all Americans of all kinds. I don't think it accomplished much. I think all it does is make the East Coast just seem more elitist, and I don't think one mind was changed, and I don't think that it did very much. I mean, at the same time,
0: they have the right to free speech. I'm not saying they
4: didn't have the constitutional right to speak. I'm not saying they shouldn't have spoken. I'm just saying I question if it accomplished anything.
0: Well, they had Pence in front of them, Mm -hmm. and they... Got to let him know Without a filter That people really are scared
4: Right And I That to me seems admirable (laughs) Do you see Pence as someone That gives two shits Or that (laughs) Uh,
0: Perhaps not Perhaps not But they You know, the the very funny thing, people have been mercilessly mocking some some random person on Twitter who was like, who claimed to be there, that I paid a lot of money to see Hamilton. I didn't pay to hear a bunch of political statements, (laughs) which is like, it's like, Which is uh, insane,
4: but imagine the flip of it. Imagine if Obama saw some play and the cast was a bit right wing and they spoke at the end against him. Do you think the same people will be cheering that are cheering now? I don't
0: think, I think people will be like, all right, like I don't think anyone, certainly Obama wouldn't have gone on Twitter and be
4: like I need to yeah. demand an apology. Well, obviously not he's the opposite of Trump in every way but I'm just saying if you flip it I don't know how well it works
0: I, yeah I I would not be angry personally if someone had delivered a message to Obama on stage
4: I, I wouldn't either I just don't think it would be it would be received in the same way this was
0: So, uh, you know, do you think Steve at this point, Steve Van Zandt, do you think he regrets taking this stand? Well, he
4: doubled down, he tripled down, he quadrupled down when when pressed about it. uh,
0: This is interesting. This kind of takes me on a side point. But so, you know, uh, I interviewed Bruce Springsteen earlier this year and Mm -hmm. we all read his... Uh, autobiography And one of the points Was that You know Steve can be difficult To work with Was one of those points yeah. And he said that You know Because he has Such strong opinions yeah. And that sometimes He disagreed with him And then I think I think in uh, Bruce Springsteen Fans heads That means Bruce, Steve is always right He's like More guitars You know right. like You like Be cooler Be edgier like. And so he's like I think in, in in the fantasies Of the Bruce fan Steve is always The voice for good But yeah. now you can see this, I mean in my opinion yeah. Sometimes Steve is wildly wrong You have to be like Steve I disagree with you yeah. And then he doubles And triples down which is very interesting it is it makes i hope he will go on the show soon and we can talk with them
4: about he it. can't yeah. be accused of being anything but very far left wing though i mean his politics are in the right place for sure
0: well you know i guess so yeah apparently yeah
4: Steve Vizant, come on he's radical left
0: yeah. So, uh, And what do we take away is, is Trump Trump has now criticized Saturday Night Live He mm-hmm. said a musical is uh, overrated uh-huh. Is he going to be like Sort of the uh, first art critic in chief Like, like kind
4: of well, So then what pop culture does he like Well he actually likes You used to see him in Neil Young concerts You talked to him about Neil Young lots. I tried to I got him on the phone 10 years ago I saw him at three straight shows by Neil Young In the front row And then he got on the phone with me And couldn't name one song
0: We should play that audio sometime I have it It's hysterical We gotta Okay we're gonna We're gonna do that We're we're gonna have Feature a Donald Trump Interview at some point That's been unheard Um, By anybody Yeah yeah Yes this this will happen At the the moment we choose We'll be like Trump At the moment Everyone needs to be ready For the moment That we play Your musical But he he couldn't Name a a song By Neil Young
4: No but what was so funny I called his office He called me back Three minutes later (laughs) It was easier To get him on the phone Than anybody in my life
0: Well this is why he won Andy. He because yes. he, he recognized the power of Andy Green. Yes, yes.
4: yes it's all
3: about me. I am not away my shot.
4: So
0: this is a little awkward because we were going to be talking about Kanye West back when it seemed that he was just having kind of a wild week when he um, went on stage and simultaneously endorsed Trump and dis Beyonce, thus doing the two worst things that he could possibly do all in the space (laughs) of 10 minutes. And it seemed like mildly funny and kind of just Kanye-esque and like, you
4: know, what's going on with Kanye?
0: And then... Um, unfortunately, it took a very dark well, turn. Well, you got to go back for a second. Yeah.
4: At the most recent show, he went on 90 Minutes Late. Right,
0: yes, thank you. Yeah,
4: did two songs. No, he did three songs. He did one twice, ranted for almost half an hour about Beyonce and MTV, then stormed off and didn't finish the show.
0: Yes, yeah. so, right. So it, Thank you. So it took a darker turn. And then it took a really dark turn where it's kinda no longer joking a joking matter, which was that he was apparently someone it wasn't Kim because she was out of town, but someone called the cops for a wellness check on Kanye. And he, unfortunately, was apparently taken to the hospital for, I guess, a psychiatric evaluation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, man, this is dark, and it really bums me out, and I'm really uh, concerned about Kanye. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think we're both, as are, you know, many people, you, you know, genuinely huge fans of Kanye West. I know people who don't know his music have a lot of sort of Ideas about him that he's just like some arrogant loudmouth But the truth is he's absolutely a brilliant artist one of the most important musical artists of the 21st century Yes Um and you know it's always been this line he walked Between like how much of this is calculated how much of it is Genuine instability and now unfortunately at least for the moment, it's crossed the line into, uh-oh, like it's bad. Yeah,
4: it seems to be the first evidence it's real. Because there's always been the question, is the voice in his head screaming about Beyoncé all day long? Or is this some public persona that he's created? Yeah,
0: and, well, this is what I'd be cautious. I'd be cautious on a lot of fronts. Sure. Uh,
4: w- one front is to assume that just
0: because he's having a pretty serious problem now, that... He's always had a serious problem Do you see what I'm saying yeah, In other words You don't want to use this To discredit his work And to discredit his persona Across the board mm-hmm. um, And I think there's a There's a, a temptation to do that And I think that's Yeah That's
4: wrong uh, Yeah I don't think that This retroactively will explain stuff He did 10 years ago <laughs>
0: Yeah no And and I You know listen um, There's You know there's precedent for this I mean there have been um, You know there have been Musical artists who've had problems
4: you know you think of like sly stone or somebody where for where their brain works in a very unique way and for a while that leads to groundbreaking music but then eventually it starts working against them and i think kanye will is is hopefully not possibly at a place where it's not working against them because the tour was just canceled i mean when you when you can't finish a concert there's a major problem
0: yeah i mean one of the things that you said that's very true is sort of like the uncrossable line for a major artist just on a business level and also on a reputational level is Mm.
4: you can't
0: not show up or not finish your concerts. There are
4: 20,000 people there. To go on an hour and a half late is, that's Axl Rose level crazy, but then to do two songs, ran for Half an Hour and Storm Off, that's beyond the pale. You cannot do that. And promoters are burned and we'll never want to work with him again
0: yeah it's it's quite possible as we discussed yesterday that the promoters
4: actually forced his hand to cancel the tour yeah there's a big question who canceled this tour did Kanye say I I, I'm not doing these dates or did the promoters say we will not put up with this
0: to be clear the uh, excuse given was exhaustion they said that he worked himself into exhaustion
4: right but the press release was one sentence and it was the tours canceled basically yeah. There was no explanation in the official press release. And if you think back to the Guns N' Roses tour of '02, when Axel was showing up late and then missed a show.
0: He specifically... That, right. There was a show in Philadelphia, right? Yeah. And he um, reportedly... Well, we won't get... Yeah. He reportedly was doing something else. Yeah. Didn't get on the, the helicopter right. or... Or, any, or whatever conveyance was supposed to take him to the show, and the show didn't happen, and there right. was a riot,
4: right? Yeah, there were riots, and he'd been super late for previous shows. He was going on post-curfew, and the promoters said, we will not put up with this. We are liable if there's riots. This tour's over. Yeah, Because you have to, to cut your losses, because a concert that begins but doesn't finish, that you have to refund everybody, costs a fortune. Right. And so every night he's not playing, the... the that's like a million dollars that they owe
0: yeah and to, and to be very clear for any artist but especially yeah. an artist of the caliber of, of Kanye yeah. the way you earn
4: your serious money your star money is right. for
0: the most part in these big concerts right.
4: and he's somebody who loses a lot of money on his outside endeavors as he often talks about yeah. and so these long arena tours they make back all his money so this is going to cost him like 20 million dollars in minimum if, if he doesn't make up the, you know these shows next year, and if promoters are not willing to work with him in the future, that's a major, major, major problem.
0: Yeah, and what makes me feel super bad for him is the sort of embarrassment of this. You know, mm-hmm. his whole thing has been, "I'm not quote unquote crazy. I am a genius," um, and he's given us a lot of evidence that that is the case. You know what I mean? That that listen, some of the things he says don't make A ton of linear sense, you know, Mm -hmm. some of his ideas. But then uh, on the other hand, people were like, you're crazy to go into fashion. You are, and forget, you know, I know there's people who'd be offended by the word crazy. I'm not calling him crazy, but, 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 you know, people. People said, you know, that's nuts. You can't go into fashion. You're, you're a rapper. No rappers ever succeed. You know, rappers can have their little clothing lines, but no one can go into high fashion as a rapper. It's ridiculous. Right. And you know, people laughed at him about the leather jogging pants and all this stuff. He was right about all of it. Yeah. You know? And
4: this tour is incredible. I saw it at the Garden. I've seen a thousand arena concerts. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. It's it was an amazing show, which is why it's so awful that it, it's over now. So he's a visionary. And
0: Did, I, I didn't see this tour. I've seen him yeah. on other tours. Did you get a sense that he was in a different mental space?
4: No, he didn't say a word. It was over
0: two hours. But, see, that is a sign. It was, no, no. See, word. that's a sign. I think. Yeah. Y- y- in itself, the lack right. of spit- talking
4: Right. I think things changed following the Kim incident. I think the robbery th- yeah. yeah the robbery I think maybe you're that, absolutely right I think that had a major it's a impact terrifi- on for, him.
0: for anyone this yeah. is why I think people have a problem see I, I, I have this weird thing because uh, you know like you I, I talk to these famous people for a living often mm-hmm. and so I, I tend to have more of a sense of them as human beings and and I'm less likely to think everything's a setup everything's a plan because I right. know like I've been in the car with Taylor Swift when we almost had a car accident like right. things actually happen to celebrities right. people have trouble believing this they think everything's part of some PR plan but anyway, so, so what people can't seem to empathize with is if your wife is held up at gunpoint, I don't care who you are, yeah. that is a traumatic and awful right. thing and destabilizing.
4: And if he's a bit paranoid and thinking people are after him and his family and then the worst thing happens it's besides a somebody a confirmation, hurt, yeah. it's confirmation of all of his fears. And I think maybe, I think it was a major turning point on the tour. And after that incident, when the tour resumed, he started talking a lot and and yeah. and, and the rants each night were increasingly Were are unhinged
0: yeah um I hope listen I hope that he gets well soon I mm-hmm. hope that people are sympathetic and forgiving
4: with well, him but he didn't yeah. hurt anybody yeah, it's yeah. just canceled shows
0: well the, the people he, are mad about the Trump stuff and the yeah the Tr- and the, yeah
4: yeah but he can come back from this very easily this is it just takes one interview where he where he explains it. And and he says,
0: "Listen, all he has to say is listen man you know I had a rough time you know my, yeah. this thing with my wife I'm so upset about my yeah. mom uh, you know and and just and just move on right um,
4: and they can they can rebook these shows next year and if he finishes them then it's a triumph
0: yeah I, I think he'll be okay but I am worried about him and I, I do feel like he gets a bad rap To a certain extent And the David Crosby's Of the world Are really mean to him They don't understand him Um, But I I think I think his fans Will come back I think he probably Needs to explain That some of the things He says weren't Him being himself Mm -hmm. It'd be nice If for once He apologized to Beyonce Apologized to Jay-Z Well to go
4: from Bashing George Bush To praising Trump I mean that's really A
0: well, he's innocent, idiosyncratic, but he—it was—it it, didn't—it seemed to me self-destructive. It seemed like he was trying to blow it up rather than his real beliefs. So, anyway, this has been Rolling Stone Music Now. Please download our podcast at rollingstone.com/podcast or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you soon.